Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing. I'm with the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And I give people here and I ask them to come and tell their stories. I interview them about a time when they didn't have a voice, where they felt like they either held themselves back or society made up such a a situation for them that they couldn't step up and speak out. And today I get to interview Janine Boland. Thank you, Janine. You and I have been dancing around each other for a while. I'm so glad to introduce you and share your fascinating story. And I want to first read it so that I get it right. And then we could open it up for the questions that I have for you today. Janine Dancing Crow Bolin is a scientist, author, podcaster, shaman, bell dancer, and first chakra healer. She was initiated into the Thunder Clan after being struck by lightning at the age of eight. After spending 20 plus years working with an enlightened Hindu guru and the Native American grandmothers and grandfathers, she received her spiritual dispensation and now provides shamanistic and spiritual healing for relationships, wealth, and life path transformations. You could see, Janine, that it is your facet <laughs> with a you know, like a jewel right in the middle of all these facets. So, uh, but let's start today, please, with any kind of sharing you could do about your story about not having a voice, please. Well, when I was younger, I was in a family where my father was a military man. So he was a CB in the U.S. Navy. My mother was a nurse. And so when you live on military bases most of your life, you learn very quickly that you speak with eloquence, clarity, and directive because you don't tell stories. There isn't time. And there's always that perception of keep it short. And so I really didn't learn how to be a very good storyteller until much later in my life. And I just always sat back and watched because we were frequently moving uh, around about every three years. And so some of the statistics that they have on military children is that by the time they reach 18, they have lost and grieved over the loss of more people than most people will lose in a lifetime. So that's one of those things that we learned very quickly was how to adapt and persevere no matter the environment. And just as an aside, one uh, the flower for what they call us is military brats, B-R-T. And that's actually a term of endearment. It is not a, you're a brat as in a snob or a bad child. It's just a way that the military would say, these are military dependents that are moving along with the troops. And they gave us a dandelion. That is our uh, flower. And we were taught about bloom where you are planted. So I always laughed when I saw that because I was hearing that 
met in the very uh, early, late 60s, early 70s from the military because I was a military dependent. Yes, and I've heard there's been research on dandelion children and orchid children. Have you heard about that? I haven't heard of the research, so I'd love to hear it. Yes, that there are two different types of, can be seen as categories of children who can thrive in any environment like a dandelion, you know, hardy, able to plant, be planted and just grow and bloom, that nice yellow bright bloom. And orchid children who are much more sensitive, much more uh, influenced by the environment and are easy, need a lot more care, let's just put it that way. And uh, so that children naturally sometimes come in those two categories. And I guess with parenting and with Helping people, since this is the podcast, helping people, children find their voice. It's like knowing who they are. Are they somebody who happens to be a little more introverted, quiet, tender? Or are they somebody who's got a lot of spirit, a lot of dandelion spirit? And it sounds like your environment, no matter what, uh, you, you became a dandelion, able to adapt easily to any kind of environment. Well, the what you said about you got to do it quick, fast. <laughs> uh, I think the words I heard frequently was Janine, make it March, meaning they didn't want the details. They didn't want how I was feeling. They didn't want that sort of self-expression. It was give me the data. We're moving forward. Remember, it was the military. So they were used to frequently fight or flight mentality. And there was frequently uh, mindsets and remembrances that we were a soft target, meaning because there were families there, we were considered a soft target. And so I have the experiences of being seven years old and being on a military base and we were in a specific country and we were, I could see the chain link fence around the base from my bedroom window and there was a thousand people marching against the Navy base there because we represented the United States at the time. And this was about 1971. And they would throw bottles and stuff. And I can remember the chanting of Yankee go home. And they, of course they didn't know how to say Yankee. So it was Yankee go home, Yankee go home. You know, that was the English that they had. And I can remember hiding underneath my uh, mattress because my mother runs into the be bedroom, puts my sister and I on the floor and throws a mattress over us and says, we'll be here, we'll be safe here. And, and we could hear him yelling and screaming and throwing Molotov cocktails and hearing uh, the men, you know, uh, working the men and women of the military working to help protect the soft target that we were. So when you have that kind of upbringing, and I remember thinking as, as that young person, I remember saying to myself, why are they angry at me? What have I ever done to hurt them? You know, a typical kid, right? But those were kind of the, the things so that when your dad says to you, make it March, or your mother says, we don't have time for stories, you know, just give us the facts you had experiences to kind of back up why that was the case at that time. Yes. Well, what a clear illustration make it March and uh, around having a voice and having it to be a certain sort of way in order to be heard. 
what happened next? So um, we moved back to the United States. My father retired from the military and I was in high school. And that was the biggest culture shock I ever had in my life was coming back to American soil. And we came back to Southern Missouri. So we were in the Bible Belt and I was meeting people that had never left the county at 70 years of age. And they were quite happy, thank you, with that sort of life. So it was quite mind-altering to be in a very small high school and be the odd man out. And I just learned to be very quiet. And when I got to college, I still learned to be quiet because it was yet another uh, kind of shock to my system because I was also the first generation uh, in my family to go to college. So I frequently found myself in places where my family could not assist me because they had no frame of reference for what I was going through, or what I had to do. Of course, this is before Wi-Fi and the internet and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> you had to basically tromps across campus. Anytime you needed information, you were always moving from one building to another. So after that, I got married and I had a career and I really didn't find my voice. Um, I, I felt like I had a voice and then I felt like I lost it through my 30-year marriage. It kind of dissolved and in 2015. I had to get divorced from that 30-year relationship. I still love the man dearly. He's still a friend to my children and myself. However, the only way that I was going to be able to truly move into my full potential was through that divorce because I realized that I had an awakening in 2010, which goes back to the introduction of where I'd been struck by lightning and I had been working with a enlightened Hindu guru. I had meditations. I've been meditating for 20 years. I was starting to have spiritual experiences where literally the divine, I feel the, the voice of God, if you will, was actually saying to me, you have got to get out of this box. I have work for you. There are things you need to do and it's not going to happen in the framework you are. Now, I wish it had been that crystal clear. It wasn't that crystal clear. The messages were coming foggy. They were in meditation. I still was having to feel with my heart chakra, like what is really being said here? But it was evident that the universe and, and God was like literally ripping apart all of the dogma and all of the rules I had had placed upon me. And each one of those locks were breaking open. So it was a lot like what John uh, describes in Revelation about the seals being broken. Uh, when I read Revelations, I don't see it as the end of the world. I see it as the end of the world that you've put yourself into and your self-expression coming out of that. So my voice, I had a voice, some people would say was very strong-willed and I had a free voice. But personally, I don't feel I got my true voice until 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the world that uh, you were put in and that you were born into had certain kind of stricture, it feels like, and you trained yourself early on to uh, march, and then you had your experiences, and I, I, I know just having been a psychologist myself that often we pick partners that... Uh, somewhat repeat what what we've had earlier in life. So was that kind of the story that there was a little, little constriction for you in marriage? Um, 
I didn't notice it at first. Uh, I was more than happy to get married because uh, the man that I married was very much in alignment with where I was headed with my life. We were both scientists. We were both very much into our careers. Uh, remember the old term, dinks, double income, no kids? You know how they used to talk about young people uh, of that era for the 1990s, 19, late 1980s, 1990s. And so that's where I was. I was really happy. I mean, honestly, I felt like I, by the time people would complain about turning 30 and the loss of youth, I felt like I was just getting started. You know, I felt like, boy, I was turning 30 and I finally had my act together. Well, then after 10 years of marriage, I got the flu that wouldn't go away. Little did I know I was pregnant. Now, this was a shock because I was a corporate woman through and through. I was a scientist. I was working in a male-dominated field. I could not, quote, quote, be pregnant and keep the job I had because they didn't have maternity leave back then. The pharmaceutical industry did not look kindly on having a pregnant woman working with radiation and viruses in the laboratory. <laughs> so basically, I had to leave the job I had spent the last 15 years in because I wanted to be a specific kind of mom. Now, I guess the dam broke or something because I had four more, I had three children, three more children after that. So I have a total of four children and I totally embraced motherhood because I didn't think I was going to get that. I thought that train had left the building. So I totally became that stay-at-home mom. I was making my own bread. The kids and I were making Play-Doh homemade. We, I mean, I was having the time of my life because literally I was reliving the childhood that I never had. And so it was wonderful for me. And then I decided, and with the help of my husband, I was like, I'm going to homeschool the kids because that was something that I had noticed was really traumatic for me in high school or throughout my schooling was hopping the different schools and always feeling like I was dumb or behind. And I thought if we homeschooled, that would help give a consistency to my children. So you can talk to them when they're in their 30s and see <laughs> if, we, if we were successful. But that was something that helped me. And so, yes, that relationship was very much highly structured, very scientific, uh, very analytical. I was an analytical biochemist for crying out loud. So, you know, yes, the pattern did repeat and the pattern was good to me. Okay. It, it's like, it was, it was solid. I was happy. I, I was happy being a mom, but then in 2010, that's when I woke up because I had been meditating. I'd been doing all these exercises and self-development work and all that. 2010, I woke up and it took five years before I realized I had to leave the relationship of 30 years. But um, that, that still was, you know, it took me five years to figure that out because uh, like I said, when you talk about the voice of God, sometimes you get clear, crystal clear clarity Sometimes they're really easing you one tablespoon at a time. They're feeding you into who you really are as opposed to the person you think you are. Yes, and yet you do identify a moment, it sounds like, of waking up. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have it. I've written uh, three books. It took me three books. It's called Seeking the Divine, then Finding the Divine, and then the third book is Expressing the Divine. And literally, it's my story of, of that entire journey. And in the second book, Finding the Divine, I talk about the precise moment when I actually did have the divine come to me and say, you are now enlightened you have a spiritual dispensation, you've been given the keys to the kingdom, all of those uh, trappings from the dogma that I had been raised with. And then also the 
release of that dogma. And literally, I felt like I was 20 years younger. So people who met me when I was in my 20s and meet me now that I'm over 55, and they're like, my God, Janine, you haven't aged a day. You actually are younger than you were when you were 20. And I just giggle and I'm like, yes, <laughs> much younger. Oh, my goodness. I think what you're saying also applies to finding your voice because you said seeking it, finding it and expressing it and the expressing it once you're lined up with the divinity, I guess, within ourselves and within and part of everything around us. It it feels like and I, people we shine and people who are only listening to this have to take my word that Janine is shining. She means. <laughs> and so, uh, so thank you for sharing that moment and that you've got three books about that journey and that process of uh, learning and to express, to express the divine, because I think the divine is our voice is what we're talking about. Our true voice because I was thinking about you and motherhood, that's a voice. You know, a lot of people don't ever get to have the voice of a mother speaking to her children and playing with them and helping raise them and, and having visions for them and guiding them. But this particular coming now out of your marriage to uh, the last couple of years, it sounds like, to having felt like you're, uh, have, you have been expressing, you've been expressing yourself, your voice. What has that been? For me, it has been the written word. In order for me to find my voice, and and this is a joke now, but it wasn't when I was married. Um, the reason I became an author was because it was the only time I could complete a total thought and not be interrupted. And I use that as a joke now, but to your audience, I'll be very real and raw. Literally, one of the reasons that it took me so long to figure out where I was and where I needed to be was because I could never complete a thought without being interrupted by either my partner or one of the young children. Now, it, you can be in one of those homes like I was in, like where your, your father would bust on you and say, don't interrupt your mother, you know, and use fear. I did not want to have a house of fear. I lived in a house of fear. And the fear wasn't of a parent or what have you, the fear was external forces uh, and and we being a soft target, okay? <laughs> so one of the things that I would like to share with people is that I wanted to have a house where people felt they could express themselves. And one of the interesting things was they would, the children would take the cue from the father. Well, of course, if the father's always interrupting other people, then it's very difficult as a person. So I would just sit and listen a lot. And it was that situation that drove me to write. And this was huge. And this is why, because throughout my life, I have learned English three different ways, depending upon what country we were in, whether it was a British-based society, a Canadian-based society, or an American-based society. Um, English is talked about in three different ways. So you will hear me mispronounce words and stuff like that because I'm taking it from a different culture. <laughs> and so I'm always asking people, wait, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> or how do you pronounce this word? And I use the excuse, I have a reader's vocabulary. I know what the word means, but I just don't know how to pronounce it half the time. <laughs> so that's one fun thing. But the other fun thing and the joke I like to share is that 
because I was always taught that I was a horrible writer, I really didn't think anybody wanted to read what I had to write. It wasn't until I became a college professor that people, that my students were like, oh my God, we love your stories. We love what you say. And so it was really my students for, uh, from that university that really helped me gain my voice. And I did that through the written word. And the more I wrote, the more I realized I had a lot to share. But up to that point, I really was just happy being who I thought was me. And it wasn't until the students and then the awakening I had through meditation that I realized I really needed to start writing. I like that uh, being witnessed that you just talked about that then helps you uh, see through other people's eyes that you are, you have value in so much when we are surrounded by judgmental type environments, we don't see our value because it's not reflected back kind of like a mirror, I guess you, you were you and your students uh, happened to be your mirror. And then the blank page began to be the place where you could express yourself. Thank you, Janine. So today, what are you, what are you about? What are you, what are you doing and what do you offer? Because of the odyssey that I have been on, and as some people would say, almost unbelievable. Uh, it, truly, I've had experiences and stuff that um, I've had some people in total disbelief on what I've done. So because of those very helpful individuals who were in disbelief, I thought, well, I'm just going to start recording things. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just write books and I have a process that I use and I teach it now to other people um, how to write a book a year because that's about all I can do with four children that I'm trying to write herd on and run a business and all that. But still, I, I, my goal is to write a book a year till the day I die or as I jokingly say, until I can no longer hold the mouse and then I'll be dictating it. <laughs> you know, but but I, I know there's a lot in me that still is constantly coming forth that is of help to others. And I know that some of the systems that I use because, you know, back to that analytical biochemist and because I was raised by a military family, I have a gift of being able to take extremely complicated things and simplifying them down into a five-step system. I don't know why, but that's just my ability. And so I, I frequently will write books on how to take something very complex and simplify it down into five steps that you can do today kind of thing, because I want to help make people's lives a little bit easier because I know that they're being inspired to do something for them for their communities. And so if there's a way that I can simplify something in your life so that you can move on to do what is your divine dispensation and you can do it easy with a system I've already learned, more power to you. Oh, that sounds fabulous, Janine. And it's a great segue into the next step, which is I think you want to be able to, before we end this call, to offer something to listeners that they can set up either a strategy or a plan and to be able to walk away with something concrete. What would that be? So, you know, I'm a college professor through and through, so there's always homework. So the thing is, is no matter what episode of Doreen Downing's, Dr. Downing's episodes you're listening to, when you get inspired by any of her guests, do not just walk away and stop the recording and move on with your day. If you are truly inspired, take that as a soul signal that you are to do something with that inspiration. Don't walk away from that life-altering moment, that, that 
mindset shift that you get from one of her guests and just let it go. Sit down immediately, or if you're driving in the car, start talking on your phone or tell one of your kids to remind you. I've done that a lot. Hey, some, I, I need John, James, whoever it is that's close to me. I need you to remind me, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my gosh, mom. But they would, they would remind me later because they knew it was important. But take a moment and come up with an action plan. So let's say you're listening to my story today and you decide that book that you've been told over and over that you should write a book. Oh my gosh, you should write a book. You should write a book. I want you to sit down and figure out a plan to create writing space and writing time to start telling your story. Why? Because if you're getting hit over and over that you really should write a book about that, believe it, when I say it, somebody needs to read that story to be inspired. You need to do that. So I'm using writing as a, as a reason because it's one of the easiest to implement, believe it or not. Because like I said, I learned to have my voice through writing. <laughs> and because you're not interrupted, it's just you and the white page, right? So sit down and create space and time to write that book that you know you're supposed to write. And then come up with a date that if you are not done with your book, if you are not completed with that book at XY date, then you reach out to any one of the multitude of authors that help coach you into finishing your book. Look up somebody, uh, it can be me or somebody else, look up the write a book a year program or the write your book in 90 days, pick whichever one resonates with you and make sure that you get that silly book done. I cannot emphasize that enough. So thank you, I, that's the piece of homework I wanted to give everybody. Space and time is the message and make it and put some kind of date down and look up support if you can. So how can they find you, Janine? What would be the easiest way? Well, if, if you want to be a part of my world and you want to be a part of what I do, um, the best place to go is the eight gates.com. And that's spelled T H E the number eight G A T E S com, Or just go to LinkedIn and look up Janine Bolan and offer to become uh, connected with me and let me know that you listen to Doreen Downing's show, that you want to find out more about me and then be very specific about what it is you want to learn more about me because I have four podcast shows, 10 books that I've written, and five websites that I maintain because of the amount of work that I'm supposed to do before I die. So, let me know where you went, where I can best serve you. Oh, well, that uh, what you just listed sure, sure sounds like you are inspired and you are committed to following your destiny and listening to where you're being guided to and listening to where you're guided from. So thank you so much, Janine. Thank you for being here. I just want to say thank you for inviting me and to all your listeners out there. Keep listening to Dr. Downing. She knows what she's talking about. She has great guests and don't walk away without an action plan when you get inspired by what she says. Okay. Just make that promise to yourself right now. It'll do you good. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.